0: Amsterdam. I think it was like a week into it. I looked at myself in the mirror, and it was like someone else looking at me because everything I associated myself with, I was like removed from like the the you know the stem and like planted somewhere else, and now had to make all these things again. Um,
1: Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges they have overcome that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage and the hope to be their better selves. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a dear friend of mine, and also she's the person who always follows her dreams. She has lived in multiple countries. She has moved to Amsterdam in her teen years to pursue her education, lived in Singapore, Edinburgh. She started working in a company in Amsterdam and moved from being an intern to manager, in marketing manager in <laughs> three years. Ola, welcome to the show. Hi Lisa, <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> I cannot believe we are doing this and for everyone watching or listening it's so crazy because I've known Ola now for seven years. Yeah, seven. Yeah. And we have had so many deep conversations. Mm-hmm. So now just us having a deep conversation with the one that would be recording. Record. <laughs> it's <laughs> a bit weird but it's, it's all good, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to start our conversation with why did you move to
0: Amsterdam? Um, yeah, well, I, I always knew I, I'm from Bulgaria originally um, and I always knew that I, I or I felt that I didn't want to stay there um, so when I was looking oh, when is the first time that I can kind of move out um, university was like the most convenient time I guess for a lot of people right? And, um, you know, I was researching and just Amsterdam was like out, the university stood out, I watched some videos of students having like going through their day-to-day and it looked like such a fun place to be um, affordable as well <laughs> so that played a part, right, obviously, but
1: yeah. yeah But I know that it hasn't been an easy move because you also had to do a few things to actually move to Amsterdam and to actually push yourself in many areas, so yeah. what were the things that you actually had to accomplish?
0: Yeah, so um, in terms of, um, you know, getting accepted, um, English was not a problem for me, um, but mathematics, right? I was actually doing like a, uh, like a language uh, high school back mm-hmm. home with French. Um, so math we had like one hour a week, so it was still good, but it was like very basic, right? And I moved to economics major, so then it's like, uh, you know, it's quite intense. so. They needed to make sure I could handle that, and obviously at the time, it was a big jump for me to make. Um, also, mathematics in English, I was studying in Bulgarian, um, so I had to prepare for the exam and like you know, that was an intense uh, moment um, to do that. So, but you know, I had the goal in mind, so it made it better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's zoom in into that because you said you had the goal in mind, and actually it made it better. Yeah. So. How do you actually, when you have, you, you mentioned that you had, you went from having math once, one hour a week, once a week to yeah. actually majoring in economics which is a big jump, and for so many people it could be, it could it could be unthinkable to actually even think of doing the job so what do yeah. you think helped you to define that goal and to also believe that you can do it? Um, yeah, well I think, you know, once I knew I
0: wanted to go abroad and also do that major in terms of its business major, right? Mathematics was like a key part of it. So it was also for me, also when I actually joined university, I was in the first year, I also had to prove to myself that I can actually learn and do, uh, you know, the same level was other people who majored and did all these mathematics courses throughout their whole high school. Uh, and for me, it was just an intense two weeks of catching up, basically. Um, <laughs> But it was just like yeah, so you know you, you know your criteria, you know what you need to do, and it's just like I knew that I, I had the North Star in my head, um, so that kind of kept me going um, because I felt like oh, I, I think my intuition was like this is the right move, so I just have to put all all into it, um, and it was fairly fast, right? Two weeks of intensity, like you can kind mm. of you see the end goal, of the exam in my case, so. Um, it was easy to kind of push for two weeks, and then you get it, and then like ooh, once I got the results that I passed and everything, I was like, wow, on my birthday as well. <laughs> that was a nice
1: gift.
0: Aww, but, yeah. I didn't know that
1: actually. Yeah, it was like <laughs> results giving your birthday.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. The thing was, it was not clear, but I remember I was like uh, on my birthday, like just laying in bed, like I think just having a rest and saying, okay, I should maybe check. And then I check and one university I think I missed by like so little, but then I got into University of Amsterdam, and I just found out on my birthday, so that was really special, obviously. But yeah, mm. but then it's like the reward came quite quick.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I was also wondering because you were nineteen, you moved to Amsterdam to be yeah. completely on your own to study in a different country, to explore everything, to make new friends, you didn't know anyone here, so what would you say, actually, what skills did you learn during this independence period?
0: Well, that's <laughs> a, yeah, where to begin, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, it was exciting, um, What well, I think that's good to mention, right? Cause like mm-hmm. when it's exciting, then it's easier to deal maybe with like, being a bit afraid, uh, am I gonna be able to handle this or being on your own, right? Um, I was very excited. Um, and I think I believe that things will work out with those two emotions it was like, okay. Obviously there are a lot of you know hurdles and challenges, but um, in the end I think, I also met really good people, mm. um, and that helped a lot. Mm.
1: Um,
0: but I guess your question was like, what I learned. What skills
1: did you? What did what you is, learn by actually moving to a completely different country, being yeah. exposed to completely a new environment, have to make new friends, meet new people?
0: Yeah. Well, actually,
1: we've done it actually a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> and I wanted
0: to say before, so I think you know this, but like two things. If that's like, maybe this is a nice. Um, story for someone that's thinking about doing that. I myself thinking about we will do that soon, right? Uh, moving again. But before I even moved here for the first time when I was still back at home I would sometimes be walking around by myself and I'll be like in an area maybe that I didn't know so much and I would see like streets I didn't know people I didn't know and I would think, I would think to myself oh, this is how it feel like when you move to Amsterdam Uh, kind of sit with this feeling, embrace it, right? Uh, So I was already preparing myself. Obviously, it's completely different still. Um, But I was preparing myself already back at home. And for me, when I arrived in Amsterdam, I think it was like a week into it, I looked at myself in the mirror, and it was like someone else looking at me because everything I associated myself with I was like removed from like the the you know the stem and like planted somewhere else and I had to make all these things again. Um, so it's not like a skill, but I would say I learned with time. You form the habits in any new place, mm-hmm. and you start to uh, associate yourself with like the street that you walk in, the people that you meet, the place you get your coffee. So you slowly start to like build your life, mm-hmm. even if in the beginning everything's super new maybe a bit scary with time you learn and then like yeah you just you you embrace it and it becomes a part of you right Mm. Um, so I think like that the perspective is maybe a skill that I learned that like it takes time Mm. but you start forming the habits and then you start feeling more comfortable okay this is where I live these are my friends Mm. this is the coffee place the bar I go to (laughs) Mm. so it's really like yeah it's you then Um, Yeah, so I don't know if that's helping. But
1: <laughs> have you actually, uh, I was also wondering, have you ever had a regret about moving to Amsterdam? Have you ever regretted your choice?
0: Again, a deep question, right? <laughs> um, it's not a regret, but we've talked about it. Um, obviously, um, most of my family is back home. So it is a trade off. Um, I'm not regretting it. However, some, let's say some celebrations or family occasions or traditions that all my life I'll be back home for with time you'll go less and less or maybe you miss something you're there for something else so it's more like there's a trade-off and as long as the trade-off feels like you're in the good side of it like you're gaining more than you're losing mm-hmm. I'm not saying you know not being there with my family it's a you know what I mean like it's very sad but it still feels right for me to be where I am and experience the things that I'm experiencing, um. But so no regret, but the trade-off. There is some uh, sometimes nostalgia about about it. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. but yeah. you would still you don't regret moving to Amsterdam and everything that you have experienced. No. And <laughs> all the all everything that came came after after that. Yeah. I mean, also, what would you say have been I mean I know there have been many challenges but what challenges stood out um, as the ones that made you grow the most? Uh, Yeah,
0: let me, I need to think a bit about that (laughs) I
1: mean, if we just, let's define the time period around the time in Amsterdam or maybe like the first year it has been the most growth period I would say for us So,
0: I I definitely think what I realised is was key for me personally right is my social circle mm-hmm. so back at home obviously you have certain behaviors that you i would do with my friends um, or the way that we would meet up or the reasons why we would meet up so when you're a student obviously a lot of things revolve around studying mm-hmm. so i began i think the first few months i was just studying by myself in mm-hmm. my student accommodation um, and at some point i realized almost everyone is going to the university and studying together and like forming almost like a group like that. Mm. So I was shifting, I realized I had to shift my old behavior to fit the fact that I wanted to make friends and be close to people. Mm. Um, so that was like transition, right? Like sitting in a big library and all of that is like growing, it's like work a bit, right? You wake up, you get ready, you go study, then you go home, yeah. go like, you know? Um, so that was a big change in the way that like I realize oh i need to if i want to make the friends then i need to also be flexible mm-hmm. i think that's a huge thing right you can't be stuck in your mm-hmm. oh this is what i want to do and i still want to make friends but i'm not willing to actually do anything about it or mm-hmm. change anything about myself mm-hmm. or adapt myself yeah so yeah i'll be lonely at home like studying for an exam for like two days straight because obviously it was very intense right mm-hmm. and then i realize oh, i actually feel quite lonely instead of going to the library with mm. people and like having that environment so yeah. yeah
1: but i think what you mentioned is so so crucial because you were saying that you know you, you realize that you have to adapt to the situation that you're in and yeah. sometimes and most of the times your old ways of being and working are not applicable to the situation yeah. and i think that just that exactly part is so crucial of the exp- why you should go abroad why you should expose yourself to different situations because firstly you also realize that the way you do currently things is not necessarily like everyone else does or no, maybe you just find
0: some funny things about yourself yeah about
1: yourself about your culture maybe yeah. some traditions or things that you do come from your family that you don't even realize yeah. because you're constantly like with your family exposed, and everyone yeah. does it yeah. and then you're exposed to completely new country new people and they don't do any of it and you try to figure out how do you want to act what mm. of your old behaviors? Which mm. ones do you want to keep? Which ones of the new ones do you want? Would you like to adopt? Yeah, and being so flexible and just like yeah exposing yourself. That's why I find it so so crucial to expose yourself constantly to new ideas and to new places because that that's where the growth lies.
0: Yeah, yeah no absolutely and I think university or that, or like moving let's say at some point in your life those are really good moments exactly for that because you're anyway exposed to so many new things mm. that you're I think you're more malleable than if you're like at home Yeah. obviously there's nothing wrong right with like staying at home there's mm. different ways to then grow or change but it is easier to do that mm. when you move or remove yourself from you know environments that you've been for years um, so yeah. I think that's where like uh, it's, you just have to adapt yeah, yeah.
1: And as I mentioned you moved a couple of times. Yeah. So your first time was to Amsterdam, then you had Singapore, Edinburgh, so then back to Amsterdam. <laughs> which is you feel it, right? It's
0: still like yeah, you're coming back to a place you've been to, but nothing's the same. So that's again I would
1: say, yeah. It's like constant. it's like constant. life is like constant change and you continuously can you cannot stay too rigid and no. like try. it's painful
0: then. It's, it's really true. painful. It's like yeah, I think yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. painful, right? Yeah.
1: Why why do you think it feels
0: painful? Um, because the more you like fixated on things, then when the change happens, and the change happens always. You feel it more rather than if you're a bit more fluid almost. Um that's why I think when we like when I was a student and so many changes were happening, everything was easier to accept. Once you start kind of you know getting a bit more not rigid but you know a bit more set in your ways it is more painful Mm. (laughs) but that's good you have to be like okay yeah this feels uncomfortable it's good to do (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. but do you think adapting to a new environment is a skill that you get or do you think it's as uncomfortable every time as it was the first time
0: no it's a skill Um, like the first time is obviously going to be the most nerve-wracking and I think it depends obviously what, how big the change is like which part of the world or where you're going to if mm-hmm. you're going from like you know uh, from Europe to the US or from Europe to Asia etc or the opposite maybe the change feels even bigger mm-hmm. obviously with time and globalization maybe less so <laughs> but like on a personal level right and I moved from Eastern Europe to Western Europe so there was still a lot of differences um, but the first time is yeah definitely the biggest one and then you kind of learn, that's what I'm saying I learn like you'll feel a bit weird but once you like get your routines in um, mm. you're gonna start feeling like you have your foot like feet on the ground um, and that's like the perspective of doing it a few times yeah
1: and if someone just wants to now move from their home country and they're watching this video <laughs> and looking at you for advice, what would you say, what advice would you give to someone who is moving in, what things they should do once they're in the country to help them settle or just make, make new friends?
0: Yeah. One very practical actually advice that I can give is that helped me a lot it was also a few years ago and obviously my phone wasn't that good, but I think it's good because you never know. Is to almost to have like a place in the city that you know you can go home from, no matter what. For me that was in Amsterdam, in like the city center, I knew like I had a place where if whatever get lost or my phone would die, I knew how to get home from. Mm. So I would always have this like in the back of my mind, like comfort of that. Mm. So that's very useful, I also had it in other cities, Mm -hmm. that's just very practical.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's a very practical advice. But I think it also gives, as you mentioned, a sense of comfort because if you're in a new city yeah. or somewhere and it can get, it can be so overwhelming. Yeah.
0: Definitely. So,
1: just having this space of comfort, knowing that, okay, I don't know the whole city, but mm. no matter what happens, I know how to get to this point, and from yeah. that point, I know how to get home. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it definitely gives, it's a very practical one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't want to get lost, you can get, yeah. <laughs> learn how to get from this place to your home, and then you'll be. You'll be
0: fine and back in the day my phone was not reliable so I okay. think it was also a necessity that I had to <laughs> yeah. have this in mind, right? Um, but in, I mean on the bigger question like advice, right, is like um, Well, I guess be open, That what I said like before, right, like be open to changing your ways um, um, I, I was I was Especially when I first moved, I was also very interested in people in the sense mm-hmm. like, I just, anyone that I met, I was always like, oh, you, you're studying this, or you, you're working this, or you're from here. Mm-hmm. I was just very, like, kind of interested. So I think that, like, also helps if you're, like, trying to, you know, get out of yourself and your own maybe think less about how you look to people versus, oh, like, what can you learn from them? I think that also makes for like a better connection uh, because then you're not so worried about am I looking the right way or talking the right way you're more like, oh this person seems very interesting what can I learn from them mm. um, and then I think the conversation, the connection and just uh, maybe if you have a bit of anxiousness goes away because you're more focused on the mm. other person yeah. mm. that helped me at least
1: yeah that's also very practical advice (laughs) and i think actually people really like when you ask questions about them Mm. so actually nobody even notices if you don't say something yourself or say obviously (laughs) don't do it like
0: like not an interview but i mean like a job interview where you're
1: just ask the (laughs) the interviewer a question yeah no it's really like
0: comes from the place of like you're you're curious to learn right but again i think that helps with the if you have a bit of self-doubt or a bit worried like am I going to make friends and stuff if you're being a bit more inquisitive and curious mm-hmm. then it's easier because you start naturally like oh oh, you also like to do to work out I love working out like what what should we do like do you want to go together maybe yeah and then you start making connections yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I'm almost giving myself tips for when I move now by the way <laughs> so it's very it's good. very practical advice <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I also wanted to ask you, um, when you joined the workplace, because I think it's a completely different thing, right? Mm. Moving to a different country, learning all these new things, being exposed to new environment, new people, but you're still a student, you're still studying, you do the thing that you've been doing in your high school or (laughs) all your life, basically, and then you enter a workplace, and I feel like it's a different vegetable to fry.
0: Mm Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> um, how I approached
1: it you Yeah, so how you approached it, what were the differences?
0: Yeah, well, how I approached it So I think the same, t- so maybe a little bit of backstory would be good also for people applying now themselves I think I applied for like 30, literally like 30 positions for an internship, right? So it's not even a full-time job this was back in 2019 and I got rejected from so many of them um, and I was accepting of the process obviously it's frustrating but then uh, yeah I got like two interviews in person and I went to one where just the office felt for me personally I was even coming out of the interview I was like not feeling it mm-hmm. I wasn't like they not want to call my mom and tell her all about it, right? Like I was just, oh, I'm yeah, okay, I can, I'm, I can leave. I'm good. Mm. And then I went to the job in the office that I that I got, and just the environment spoke to me. And I, I mean, in the end, I got that job. Um, and then I called my mom, like, oh, this was great. Like I loved it. Um, and then yeah, I got the call that I got accepted, right? That I got it. And I literally started the week after. Um, so I think it's the similarities, I would say, like, again, I went kind of open to it, like, just excited to figure out a bit imposter syndrome in some way, although it was an internship, right? Like, it's the first time you were working. So I think that's very normal. So many people feel that, like, mm. what is my value? How am I going to help? Uh, what is, what, what I'm, will I bring to the mm-hmm. table, right? Um, but then um, I was really lucky that everyone's quite open and my team was great so i just started learning just about the company the role what was needed for me um the difference i would say obviously when you study it's a bit more passive in the sense like you have a teacher that tells you this is what you need to study this is what you need to do this is how we're going to test you mm. when you work you have some basics as you have the goal the business result mm how you get there depending on the environment is up to you or at least there's some form of well you we have to be proactive if you want to be good and like you know you know leave your mark etc you need to be proactive you can't necessarily wait there's obviously places like you can wait and get told what to do but depends on the person what you like i want it to be more proactive and that was a big difference though because you go from being told like chapter one, next says three, to like, yeah, we need to do this uh, event, for example, or, or this campaign, and like, yeah, that's, you know, how do it, how, how do you do it, you know, like the manual is a bit, from, yeah. in my case, was not existent. Yeah, so
1: and how were you proactive, if someone wants to be more proactive, how, how does one approach this really more proactive thing?
0: Uh, well I think it all starts with like if you fail it's okay like obviously depending on the impact like mm. I really love my manager or well, she said like we're not surgeons we're not like you know we're not holding people's lives in our hands so mm. think, take it into perspective because I think to be proactive, you should not be afraid to fail or at mm. least afraid to like make a mistake even if failure is not like you know mm. um, so like remove that from your head, uh, obviously take like educated guess. If you take like an educated guess, it should be fine. Even if it, you make a mistake in the end, it will be fine. It's not gonna mm. end up in disaster, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's the first one. Once you get that, I think just leave room for like to be creative, I guess, mm. um, and go for it. What I felt was like, if I, for example, I, um, I had to reach out to a lot of senior people mm to get my work done and I was like oh who am I to reach out to like this vice president to ask him about this like oh my god but then in the back of my mind I was like if I don't do it in this job then this job I can't do this job if this job doesn't get done then it impacts this thing that Mm -hmm. impacts that thing so I also had to like tell myself you need to go and ask this person because in the end they'll also be impacted maybe indirectly along the line but they will also be so it's all like an ecosystem mm. you need to do your part and not be afraid to like mm. you know push yourself uh, as well so, yeah.
1: yeah, but also I, I think that what you mentioned that being proactive starts with not being afraid to fail because usually when you've been proactive and ask for an yeah. extra task or doing a project yeah. Most likely, you are not qualified to do that job. You're
0: stretching yourself. You're
1: stretching yourself, yeah. and if you're qualified already to do the job, it's not necessarily the one where you'll find the most growth.
0: Yeah, or, or, or maybe the one where you actually pro- Maybe I mean you're still proactive, but maybe it's not like where you'll be
1: the most proactive. Yeah, because it's, it's already in your comfort zone. Yeah. So that's why, as you mentioned. It definitely the first step. For you just not having that fear because you are going outside of your comfort zone. You're asking for extra opportunities, and then you are taking extra responsibility on yourself. That yeah,
0: feels scary, but that's, and that's
1: why it's great. What yeah. you mentioned is that in most jobs, a bit of respect helps so much because yeah, it's not that we will fail or somebody will die. Mm. I mean, if you're a doctor, please
0: take this with a grain of salt. <laughs>
1: That's, somebody that's will, somebody will die. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Yeah.
0: But and then. This also, also helps with stress. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Because you can get stressed, um, but then the perspective helps.
1: But definitely, and then also as you mentioned, and then you know once you are outside of your comfort zone, now you're exposed to all of this task that you were not never doing before, mm-hmm. like reaching out to a VP of the company, and if, of course for the first time it feels so weird scary. and scary and you're constantly thinking what they're they thinking instead of you doing the job and then mm. you start seeing the bigger picture and seeing your own value and actually once you do the job and you see that what you do is actually quite valuable yeah um, that people appreciate your job you get a bit of confidence but it, it that just comes with incremental steps mm. and i was i was actually thinking because you were saying when you just started and you had to contact the MVPs it was quite awkward for you and yeah. quite outside your comfort zone whereas you now work with people like that on a daily basis and yeah. you don't find it um, so I just wanted if you had to contrast yourself when you just started the job and you now, what yeah. do you think would be the biggest like skill de- skills that you gained uh, yeah. throughout actually working at your job and not necessarily the skills you know of your profession because you work in marketing so not necessarily with you grew in that area yeah. as you've been working yeah but also other skills like people skills and what is the contrast maybe also in how you feel about yourself or uh, yeah if you had yeah. to contrast this to people so this is
0: like it's a very good question Um, this is also where i'm still learning right i think when you first you know even goes back to what we said the difference between like studying as a student to working um, to maybe being higher up in the work you know like just seniority, your, your experience is like why are we doing this it's more it's even being you know you, you want to achieve something is this the right way to achieve it is this mm. tactic because a lot of people think that they have the right way to do something in their head and they know um and for example if you're more junior then you've been asked like do this uh, and i think with time um uh, you start to learn even with experience right in your profession you start to learn this is not the right way actually to achieve this mm-hmm. for example if you want to um i don't know um, lose weight or just a very random example right mm-hmm. like and someone tells you oh yeah you should then eat more you're like actually i don't think you should like work out and like eat and balance, etc. So you start learning, like, this is the goal. Is this the right way to achieve it? Now from experience, you're like, oh, maybe not, maybe it's something else. So the why, like, why do you wanna, what are you actually trying to achieve? Um, and you start, I think probing a bit more, like trying to understand a bit more. Um, definitely it's just like, how do you handle yourself? Uh, I think also when I was, you know, earlier on, I was very, um, you know I was more junior so it's also kind of how it comes out and you learn how to hold yourself in the sense like how to talk um, to mm. more senior people um, get what you need from them etc
1: so yeah. yeah and also I think for me it was definitely how to conduct myself and also I got way less panicky because <laughs> of the, in the beginning you do some mistake, you're like, oh my God, this is so the bad. Is <laughs> the world is ending yeah. and everything seems so bad for some mm-hmm. reason. Whereas now after working for like three, more than three years now, oh my God. Um, in a consultancy firm, I feel like somebody more junior now comes to me and says, and we cannot know. make this deadline. I'm like, okay. Uh, why we cannot make it, this is fine, we will just move it, and there is less emotion attached to it, because you just have so much more experience, so you get that as you mentioned, like also a bigger perspective.
0: Yeah, Um, it's the same like when you have like, uh, you know, a teenager versus someone in our years, versus someone 10 years older, is the perspective that you're like, yeah, maybe you're a teenager, something happens, like, oh my god, this is the end of the world, I can't do, like, you know, and then when you're 20 plus, you're like, no, this is just a month of your life. Like you'll pass. Yeah. And then you just start to gain that perspective. So I think that's why it's so good to remind yourself, like putting this into like five, 10, 20 years, mm. is it really gonna matter? Or mm. you know, is it that let's say if you send a wrong email or CC the wrong person <laughs> or move the wrong deadline or et cetera, like, you know, like what's the real impact? Is it just mm. like, you feel right now, which is a bit of discomfort, pain, you know, like you you failed, mm. or is it something long term? Can you learn from it? I guess that's the biggest thing, right? Did mm. you learn from it as well?
1: Mm. Yeah. Because I think that's exactly the purpose of failure, just to learn. So, yeah, and that's the only way to learn. How otherwise can you learn?
0: Almost failing <laughs> and realizing you almost failed, and then you're like, <laughs>
1: well, this was a good one." <laughs>
0: Well, that's like the that's a lucky <laughs> that's the lucky round, right? Like you didn't fail, but you almost did, but then you still see and you learn,
1: yeah. And you can reverse out of the situation and still not suffer the consequences. Yeah, this was a good one. Yeah. yeah, but also going back to what you just mentioned that as a junior person, you just more of an executioner you just do the things and you need to learn also how to do them well and that it, that is just so important as yeah. well because otherwise, well later on how can you be managing anyone if you yourself don't really know how to get it done well yeah. um but then as you get more and more you get more experience you get also more curious you start to question everything like why we're we doing this mm. what is the bigger picture you see of, uh, how it fits it fits in and think that they're just like so so cool Yeah. Uh, that that happens just by up our conversation I wanted to say that so what do you think would be the difference between a woman starting a job and being somewhere new and a man starting a job and being somewhere new
0: new like yeah, that's
1: their first job that's do you think part. like from psychological yeah. perspective yeah. it's been treated um they think of it differently mm-hmm. and also just like
0: well if we had a man now crazy. this would be interesting yeah. to like ask right I, um yeah i mean i can or honestly just speak from my experience right but maybe i don't know do you think the anxiety levels are different because that's why i keep mentioning imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. even myself um you know i was doing I started as an intern but then i was doing a job without a manager without basically by myself not by myself i had a great team but i mean like there was not like someone above to say do this this way this this way so um so i was doing that for a while then i got promoted etc etc but the first time i got promoted i really got a rush of like oh my god now i'm getting like the actual title or like the money etc is it actually like does the company like it might bring the value so you get the imposter syndrome, which mm-hmm. is really big. It's really good to be aware of that And obviously think Everyone experiences it right mm-hmm. so um, maybe there's a difference there mm-hmm. I wouldn't know but mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're, we're a bit more like You have, like at least I had to push myself to like ask for more mm-hmm. uh, even if you're not right now if you're not like a hundred percent of that role or that person mm-hmm. Even if you're like 80%, you can already start stretching yourself and asking for it. I think that's mm-hmm. commonly what I've heard is the difference between males and mm-hmm. females is that males would go for like roles that are already above what they could do, but they would like mm-hmm. just go for it. And we stop ourselves a bit more because we want to be like already have all the skill set to do it. And you don't need that as long as you're like open to learning and you know you can at least have the confidence that. 'Cause I think people we learn through doing, right? Mm. So if you if you like have the confidence that this is like not completely out of your scope but you can mm. learn while doing it then yeah, but that's a bit like separate from
1: your yeah. question. I don't know, but that's that just so great and I was actually thinking like because this this whole situation with when women and like me myself personally, whenever you ask for more, you feel so bad, it's like I mean, shouldn't I just be grateful with what I have? Why? And this this voice is very loud. It's like, and when somebody could tell you, no, you just like just started, you know, you're doing great, but it's too early, but actually you get other data points and that like, actually I could do this. And I don't know why you're saying that I'm still should be at that position and how to actually Start asking for more and get that confidence that you can do it and yeah. actually become more and more successful in positioning yourself in the yeah. right way yeah. and also realize that other people also do it like that. I don't know if you have any advice in that area because I know that you've been already now working for a few years and you got yeah. yourself promoted also. Um, yeah. So if somebody is watching now and then I don't know in their early 20s they just started their job. Yeah, yeah. so how yeah.
0: do, would do you approach? I would say, um. You know first things first make like check your environment in the sense like how what's the feedback that i'm getting am i getting feedback from my team that i'm doing amazing and you know i'm growing so much and uh, i'm really like adding value um if you're getting that feedback constantly and then you know you can also speak to your peers maybe other people that are doing the same job um getting their sense of are we doing the same things, or maybe someone a bit higher up from you? Like, start to kind of gorge yourself, but you know, don't take like just a superficial look and say yes, because mm-hmm. you wanted that to be true. Like, be critical. Is it actually mm-hmm. true, or do I really, like do I just want the promotion, but maybe I'm not there yet? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like there's a really big gap. Um, so I think that for me, like I did that right, like I I was taking that step, and I was always kind of looking like. Am I doing what the, the person above me in terms of like the title would be doing? If yes, then okay, then if I've been doing this for long enough, or even for a while, the thing is like, nobody's going to give you a raise. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. give you a promotion, you need to fight for it, right? Like it's something that I learned and I think a lot of people even older than me have struggled with this is that it's still a business and even if let's say you love your manager they're still representing the business and the business is always going to be better off if Mm. they pay you less in reality that's the case right just monetarily Um, so don't take it personally don't take it like um you're being you know this is only happened to you no it happens to everyone that like this is like a, you know it's a back and forth to like reach that race or reach that Mm. level Uh, and and you do need to prove your value even if you've been providing value you still need to prove it to get Mm. the promotion it's not like just gonna be granted upon you like Mm. you need to that's that's at least how it was with me like i had to still fight for it
1: yeah Yeah. and also i think that you touched upon something that is so true because i also used to think that when i do a great job it's just gonna be automatically noticed and then all this goodness just just comes from having out of nowhere. Just you're like, oh my god, yeah. I'm just getting all these promotions and bonuses. You just like coming my way. I'm doing such a great job. Yeah. But I think there's like another aspect is it. like just doing the great job that that is your job, but also just being able to tell people what actually you're doing and mm. be able to position it in the right way. And be willing to have that uncomfortable conversation with the manager or. Um, Whoever is responsible for your promotion or advancing at work. Yeah. And actually and I think the part where I'm struggling is like the back and forth because I can it was like I can bring up the courage and to actually start the conversation. But when somebody goes back at me and says what I shouldn't get then it's hard for me to like say something back and like fight fight with them because I think like i deserve it (laughs) yeah why why do i need to do that
0: so i want to say two things on that actually one is that obviously you you're you're yourself and you're living your life so you're noticing everything in your life right but then you have a completely different individual who is likely more senior they have other you know things on their minds uh other personal circumstances so although like a if it's a good manager, especially they try to pay attention to you and think of those things, they're still having their own life. So you can't just assume that they'll notice that you want a race or that you've reached the point to deserve a race. You have to like, it's almost it's, it's like any other communication relationship. You need to say it, right? Mm. And don't assume that they'll notice that mm. you've already hinted at that or anything like that. <laughs> you just need to say it. Um, Another thing with the back and forth, what I was really helpful for me is that I was prepared with like, I, I, w- I was preparing for those meetings, like really thinking about my reasons, my research, w- would it be like just salary research or responsibility research, uh, even like, you know, well, currently with the talent, there's you no know, lack of good talent, so sure. even that is a point for you that if the, a company loses you and you're really good and a good DNA fit. Mm. It's way more than just your role. They're losing a lot more than that. Mm. So if you kind of come prepared for all of that, you even if you're not like going you know, through the list, but having just the confidence there mm-hmm. is, you start saying what feels actually most true to you. But then you have all these other reasons as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. And also, if you now could give advice to the one to you who's just started the job, what would yeah. you say? Mm. I'm, so, I'm,
0: I'm an intense person, you know, like um, so I think sometimes I was coming off a bit too intense to people. Obviously you can't help be or you can't always not be perfect, but you know, like make the right impression to everyone, but maybe just being a bit more calm and like thinking through I never did anything like too much or too bad, but just even the intensity when you're like, you know, eager and passionate sometimes can come off a bit wrongly um, so just yeah just taking a step back taking a bit of a breath and like i guess mm-hmm. that would be one advice and believing in yourself mm-hmm. right this is easy to say in perspective but i did good <laughs>
1: <laughs> I-, I love it because probably somebody from your work will be watching this i know. You're like <laughs> i did <see> sorry it. <laughs> guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah I-, I just also touch upon a different topic so we t- we talked about you living in different countries being exposed to new experiences um, your study experience then we touch also upon the work experience mm. now you're really wondering what would be the third topic that i want to touch upon but i wanted to touch upon relationships
0: mm. i thought it's like that right it was, uh, <laughs> yeah <It> makes sense
1: <laughs> so i always wondering what would you say is a key to having a good relationship and um, Obviously, there are different types of relationships. There's a relationship with yourself, there's a relationship with your friends, with your colleagues, and uh, also with your partner. Mm. So, what would you say if we touch upon romantic relationships? So, what would you say is a good, uh, what is the key to having a good relationship with your partner? Yeah, this is uh, again an interesting question, right? Um, i mean this is exactly how our conversations go when we talk just in a less a bit less formal way right? yeah,
0: no. no exactly it's more like fluid right but now i'm being which is nice i think it's a good way for me to also gain perspective on my own opinions where i've been journaling and etc um well it does always go back to i would say yourself in a sense and this is where i can give a. Maybe my point is communication, right? But then if I go to myself, it's like when I was younger, I used to be um, always. I would always think, this does this person need to hear what I'm, what like what I want to say? Like, for example, if we're friends or you know uh, in a relationship, and you did something that maybe hurt me, but I would wonder. Well, you it it probably didn't do it on purpose, right? It mm-hmm. was probably because you were in your own head, in your own life, and you didn't realize that this might not be nice to me. Um, so then I would be wondering that for a while and keeping it to myself, up until the moment where it will just blow over, right? Mm-hmm. And then I will be angry for no reason, and you know, it would just become a bigger thing. So I think with, that's maybe personally for me, the thing that I learned the most is that say things in the moment, you don't need to. Oh, well, you need to know. your That's why we're really good with each other, right? Because you do need to know what's bothering you. You can't mm-hmm. just drop something at someone, and it's a big question mark. You did this, and I really didn't feel nice, but I have no idea why. Because <laughs> that's very confusing for both of you, right? Yeah. Like you need to think through, like why it bothered you. Maybe talk through or like write through. Mm and then kind of go to the person and say, hey, this is like, you did this and I really felt bad because of this. Mm. Uh, what do you think, can we change something? Or I'm just, maybe there's not even anything to change. Maybe it was a one off situation, but you still need to say it because it needs to get out of your system. Right? Mm. So I do think communication yeah. is, I would always put it first. It's I, I think you too, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And I also wanted to say that I think it's twofold and the first part is just understanding yourself so having a good relationship with yourself because you have to be honest with yourself to know how like you're feeling and why you're feeling like this and be able to have this conversation uh, with yourself because if you don't have it with yourself i don't think you can have it with you cannot create a good relationship with no one like really like no. with, even with your friends or partners. I think with partners, just because you spend so much more time with them, that it will be more like a mirror, it will show you all the unresolved issues. I was going to say, this (laughs)
0: is is why it's like I completely agree with the point that you need to be ready, at least ready for the. Because obviously, you can have relationships and they can be good and they end for different reasons. Um, No matter what, right? Like, you always learn throughout the relationship. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess the basics are like to be open and like the communication Uh, but then there's so much things that are gonna come up so many issues like hidden, you know, uh, pain points or baggage that you were holding on to that person is gonna maybe evoke some of those in you from the beginning or later on or through like a random Mm. thing that they do and all of a sudden it comes up. So yes, again, yeah, you're never gonna be, I guess, truly ready, I
1: would say my experience but mm.
0: you're gonna learn through it yeah
1: yeah and i think in just the second point is communication and that's so so key because i remember i was watching and was it, it was one of the episodes of tom billy and he was and he had a guest lewis host and he was also saying love is not enough mm. because you need to have communication skills it's so easy to have a misunderstanding and you need to be able to distill Yeah. When, as you mentioned, what is bothering me? Why is it bothering me? How do I now have the conversation with the person to describe it in the best way and actually. they will understand. They will understand. Yeah. So, how I do that. And of course, I think what's key is not to keep something in yourself that's bothering you so that it doesn't like boil up and explode into yeah. a huge thing, but also just like. Going through the steps, and of course, being with a person who is willing to also listen to it and be appreciative,
0: exactly. you yeah. feel like
1: sharing it's like great that you're sharing that, yeah, and not seeing this as a personal attack on them or, uh, or anything wrong that they're doing, but just mm. you are being vulnerable and you actually sharing something for the good of the relationship,
0: yeah. Actually, that's that's the last thing that you said is a good point. You're partners together, right? I think. Especially when I was younger and you do see this social also culturally is that it's almost like, you know, you're you not partners together, you're almost like playing with each other. You know though there is some of that energy in the sense like, you know, it's always two people, it's not like you're one, right? Mm. But you're together trying to figure it out what works for both of you, not only one and then the other one suffers. It's not like if I say something that's bothering me but maybe that's so ingrained or like it's super important for the other person like can I, can I then live with that or to mm-hmm. what extent or how can we you know work around it uh, but I think it's quite culturally like the case to like, you know, play with each other and all these mind games and stuff so I think that's a, you know, that's a mentality or a part of life I think you also kind of pass through that I definitely had a big moment with all of that but then I learned like, yeah, actually what the kind of relationship I want personally means we need to be partners and work together rather than, not against each other, but to each other, right? Like, mm, yeah.
1: mm. And I think that's the, actually the coolest part about being in a relationship because it's your interconnected. So being the, the, being the interconnected part, it's like the first layer is being dependent and then the, being independent as a person, being able to do whatever you want to do by yourself. And then the interdependency and that's the coolest part because you actually reach so many synergies together And actually you as a two people can do and achieve together so much more You just view, for example, the problem, it's like not the problem is in between us But there's a problem us together and we can force to really, yeah. like solve it and approach life And I think that's the beauty of it Yeah So yeah, I just wanted to mention sure, that that's, yeah. <laughs> Sure, yeah I think
0: to add to that I For me, for that to be the case, so to move away from the dependent side is like, um, you know, like there's a saying, like two halves make a whole or like you're my other half. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Like in my my boyfriend, we talk about it, that we're not halves, like we are whole by ourselves. Because like you live and you Mm -hmm. die by yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and everything else is like a bonus that you get Mm -hmm. to experience. Mm But if you treat yourself as a whole, like a half, you're cutting so much of your life and you're becoming dependent on another half. Mm. But if you're a whole and the other person is a whole, you make so much more, you know, like it's just add so much more to your lives mm. where, obviously you're gonna have to do some, uh, how do you say it? like, you know, you're not always going to get in your way. As mm. You need to have some, what am I doing, i am searching for, you know? Um, not come, ah, anyway, like, doesn't matter, <laughs> but you know you're not always going to get what you want exactly, right? So you need to compromise. That's compromise. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking <laughs> for. But that's different than like being a half. Mm. It's like you're still your own person. You're still whole. Obviously, in a good relationship, you're going to be, um, you know, getting things from the other person and changing your character, because I mean I admire things in my partner, and because of that, I'm also with with him, right? Mm-hmm. Because also like i want to learn from those things mm. and get them also myself mm. um, so you always have that but then you're still a whole mm.
1: yeah. you know i read recently a very interesting thing i have not even told you that yet but i think you will really find it interesting i don't know how true it is but basically it, it said that originally we we're attracted to a certain person because they actually have something like some characteristics or characters that we actually want or see ourselves yeah. having yeah and if we actually don't do the work and don't work on ourselves to actually become better at those things we actually come to resent our partner
0: well yeah I think and that hit yeah. me like what <laughs> I have noticed that in myself and even when I was younger I was definitely being attracted to a certain kind of uh, men, um and i knew even because i had that introspection i guess like i knew even which qualities because i wanted to be like that or mm. well, you know so i, I do agree at least on a personal level that that's that's, that's the case mm. um but it is very interesting right like <laughs> yes. that's if you don't grow yourself obviously you know if you grow a lot but the other person is not growing at some point there might be a really big gap where mm. you don't you're no longer speak in the same language or having the same Experiences and that can, yeah, kind of end the relationship. Mm. So it is important to work on yourself on the things that matter, which might match mm. what your partner has, right? Mm. Yeah.
1: And um, how would you actually, what, what is a good relationship for you? Because we are mentioning mm. a good relationship needs communication. So, how do you personally define a good relationship?
0: Actually, you helped me with that, right? Like <laughs> it, it's It's more like, and even, yeah, rather, uh, not people, but actually a show. If more of the time you're smiling than not, it's probably a good relationship, (laughs) right? Uh, If you're feeling energized or better, or like, I would say at home, actually. For me, the feeling feels at home, but like, in a good way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, a lot of the times, quite honestly, right? When you're around people that maybe don't know so much, Let's say you're in a bad mood and then you're around people that you don't know so much You kind of tend to put the mask on Oh, I'm great, like I'm mm-hmm. happy And then you go home, you like, kind of can let go And be, uh, allow yourself to not feel good I think for me, like with my, my boyfriend is like, oh, I don't feel like that mask on I really feel mm-hmm. like at home, I can be myself And it's allowed and it's okay mm-hmm. And I'm not being pushed to like always be happy Or like fake mm-hmm. that, uh, anything mm-hmm. Um so the thing that's yeah that feels good, right? Yeah.
1: Like you can be yourself as if you were by yourself, but actually you can share this experience. Most, yeah. Yeah. Also, the most vulnerable sides of yourself, yourself. You feel safe sharing the most vulnerable parts of yourself. Self. Also, for somebody else who yeah. could just like judge you or hurt you or do anything, and you feel comfortable doing that, and it's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. It's it's scary in the beginning, definitely, right? Like because you're. You maybe if you've never had like a serious relationship like that, you're like, "Oh, what's gonna happen?" Obviously, it's quite scary. But if you take that step and it goes well, it's still scary for a while, and maybe even every time. But like you're, you kind of always get that reinforcement that it's okay, and it's allowed. And then you know, I I actually think, at least from my perspective, not from my from my experience, like the moment where I felt closest to my boyfriend, we talk about it, it's like. If we had a little bit of, not a fight, but a little bit of a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. and then we have to sit down and align and talk mm-hmm. through it, that's the moment where we feel the closest because mm-hmm. it's almost like, okay, we're like aligned right now, right? Yeah. Versus, even if you're good, but maybe your, your mind is another thing, which is completely normal, right? Like, yeah. life is, there's so many things to pay attention to. But then you kinda of like you're still aligned but maybe like everyone's paying attention to different things. But mm. if you have a bit of misunderstanding and you talk through it and you're mm. like then you align and it feels like the closest you are. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, before I ask my last question. Yeah. If somebody wants to connect with you, where can they find you? <laughs> my Instagram, which I'm not I'm taking a detox right <laughs> no. now. <laughs>
0: but I do think that's probably the easiest way, right? Yeah. So um It's just my name, should I say my name?
1: (laughs) You can can say it, I'll also put it there Yeah, it's
0: just Ola Antonova, that's my uh, full Instagram name
1: (laughs) When Ola comes back from detox, she'll answer to you
0: You can find me there, just don't get uh, offended if I'm not (laughs) answering
1: (laughs) And my last question would be, if you had, imagine you now being 80 or something years old and you would look back on your life and on the things that you still up to this point have not done yet, And you would say, I really wanted to do this, but I wish I could have done this and I haven't done this Mm -hmm. What do you think would be the thing for you? What is something that now your soul craves to do so much and you know already that when you would be 80 you would regret?
0: So I I did it or... You didn't do it I didn't do it yet Yes But by the time I'm 80 I would have wanted to do it Yes, and
1: you would regret that you didn't do that
0: Yeah Oh uh, That's a hard one Yeah, it's just
1: like, it's also...
0: I don't think it's a singular activity. I think it's a few things. So I'm just gonna be true to myself and answer that way. Um it's one is like I guess to this is yeah, I don't know. Let me think. But um
1: there's no pressure, there's just a few cameras here. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) A few. Um I guess being true to yourself is like kind of maybe it sounds like a bit of a cliche but it does take time even now like to accept myself and kind of follow my intuition um and i think good only good can come from that for me personally so i don't want to not listen to my intuition and when i'm 80 i'm like oh, i made all these decisions following other people's opinions or other things, not to myself and my intuition. I think, even because obviously I'm, I am quite an ambitious person, um, and you know I have a lot of ideas for what I want to achieve. But if that don't, that that doesn't come from my intuition, then it's not gonna be good. Even if I achieve a lot, right? And I, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, maybe grow up professionally if my intuition isn't in it, if my heart isn't in it, then it wouldn't really matter. So. I guess what i wish for myself that i haven't done or i'm doing to keep doing is to follow my intuition it's a very long way to answer that but do you think that's uh
1: i think it's a good yeah. <laughs> i think it's a good one
0: yeah wow. i haven't yeah. not done it but to keep following my intuition and to have the courage to yeah sometimes do hard things i'm sure
1: beautiful well ola thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a pleasure to have you here I hope you enjoyed uh, this interview guys and if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and until next time bye-bye. bye bye bye